Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. In the name of Him who was, who is, and who is to come, God's family, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. The words from the Bible that will serve as the basis of our sermon this morning are found on page 7 in your bulletin. It's Psalm 133, a psalm of ascents, a psalm of David. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down to the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. My high school chemistry professor would be sad to hear that I don't remember everything from his class. But I do remember that chemical bonds are some of the strongest forces in the universe. A chemical bond can take two separate things, say hydrogen and oxygen, and unite them together so closely that the hydrogen becomes indistinguishable from the oxygen, and all you see is H2O water. Some chemical bonds require tremendous amounts of energy to make them happen, and others release a tremendous amount of energy when they happen. There's some of the strongest forces in the universe. Now, it's not hard to see why this word, a bond, is used to describe both the relationship between elements and the relationship between people. After years of sweating and practicing and winning and losing, teammates will form a bond with each other. After years of quizzing and passing and failing and learning, classmates will form a bond with each other. But some bonds between people don't take years to form, but they do last for years to come. They're God-ordained, unique, and can only really be described as the bond of a family. The relationship between husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, sons, daughters, can really only be described as a family, and it's totally unique except for maybe, maybe one other bond, one other relationship. It's the bond that we all share as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the bond that God's people share. We are bonded by Jesus. We are family, and God blesses us, his people, his family, with unity. The Lord knew what he was doing when he laid those foundational building blocks for society of marriage and the family. It was God's beautiful, wonderful, powerful design for people to live together in peace and in unity as husbands and wives love and support and serve each other 
as children, sons and daughters honor their parents, as brothers and sisters support each other and grow together and one day might even become men and women who extend the family through marriage and children of their own. It's a beautiful design that God has set before us in the scriptures by which family members live together. And us, as God's people, if we were to take that template out of the scriptures and apply it to your own family life at home, it would be a one-for-one perfect match, wouldn't it? If you're anything like me, it doesn't match up. Our family life is not perfect, and sometimes it doesn't even feel close. It's God's will that family members be bonded together, and through this design, God has brought rich blessings to families for centuries. But families are made up of sinful people, and where sinful people are gathered together, what do you find? Sin and the challenges it brings. Within the bonds of family, sinful people are strained by sin, and those bonds feel the tension and the pain as those bonds are ripped apart. Do you have a family portrait in your home? And if one of your children was up here, they gave you away as they raised their hands and said that you do have a family portrait in your home. If you have such a portrait, your family, or a treasured, uh, treasured picture of you and your loved ones, I'm guessing there might be some close hugs and some big smiles and some matching outfits. You cherish that photo, you love that picture, and display it prominently in your home, and you should cherish it. Because that photo illustrates all of the wonderful blessings that the Lord has brought into your family. But that photo isn't the whole picture. That photo doesn't show the tears and the tantrums that took place just five minutes before it was captured. That photo doesn't show the anger and the grudges that have been bubbling for years between some people in that photo. That photo doesn't show the harsh words, the screams, the shouts, the daggers that were stared. That photo doesn't show all of the challenges that sin has brought upon the bonds of your family. Because where sinful people gather, there we will find sin and its challenges. It's God's design that people live together as family, bonded within those bonds of family. And it's totally unique except for maybe one relationship we have, the relationship that we all have with each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. You are God's people. You are a family. And God has designed it this way to bring tremendous blessings into your life. Here at your church, God's people living together, bonded by Jesus as a family, has been a tremendous encouragement to you as you make friendships. Your children make friendships. You help and support each other. You pray together. You praise God together. Here you receive the forgiveness of sins through Jesus' body and blood blessing upon blessing, and you get to do it all as a family, bonded by Jesus. But that's not the whole picture. Because here are gathered sinful people. And where sinful people are gathered, there you will find sin and its challenges. 
Some of the anger, some of the harsh words, some of the stared daggers that are present within the bonds of your own family at home, I'm guessing they might be present here in the bonds of your church family. And if that's the case, you might ask yourself, how? How is it good? How is it pleasant when God's people live together in unity? How is this even possible when we, sinful people, bring our sin and our challenges here into God's family? It's only possible. And it truly is good and pleasant for us to live together as a family Bonded by Jesus, it's only possible because of what God did on Mount Zion. For there he bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Mount Zion is the place where God lived and God died. And through all that he did there, he built peace to his people. The Lord lived there quite literally lived there in the Old Testament as the the Lord's people of Israel built him a temple. The Lord dwelled in that temple and through his Old Testament covenants, through his Old Testament promises to the people of Israel, he built peace between sinful people and a holy God. And people, God's people who rejoice in that peace, knowing that they have a Lord who loves them and bestows blessing upon blessing upon them, even life forevermore, knowing that they have that peace, and their brothers and their sisters had peace, lived at peace with each other. The Lord built peace between Him and people when He lived on Mount Zion. And you, He built peace between Himself and you through His death on Mount Zion. God sent His Son, Jesus. He lived around Mount Zion too. But there came a time where He had to ascend Mount Zion. And there the Lord placed upon Him all of your sins. All of your bad attitudes towards your brothers and sisters. All of their hurtful words towards you. All of sin and all of the challenges that it brought into the world, were placed on Jesus, on Mount Zion. And they were crushed and forgiven. When Christ the Lord died on the cross on Mount Zion, there your sins died with Him. In this tremendous of forgiveness of sins, even life forevermore. You and the people next to you you and the people across from you are God's people, your family, bonded by Jesus as you all know the truth that you are forgiven, that your Savior loves you. Because you are at peace with God, and this is true for all of us, we live in peace and in unity, trusting our Savior to bless us. How good and how pleasant this is to be God's family, bonded by Jesus. This unity that we share in our faith, this truth that is in all of our hearts is a tremendous blessing. And the psalm writer David wanted to emphasize that using two similes. 
This psalm was written many, many hundreds of years ago by David. And it's unique in that it's, it's one of 15 psalms of ascent. If you look toward the end of the book of Psalms, you'll find that the last 15 of them share this heading, a psalm of ascent. There's some debate as to what that means. Some think that these psalms were songs sung as people ascended the steps of the temple as they went to worship. Others think that they were sung by the pilgrims who journeyed to Jerusalem as they ascended Mount Zion to worship. Now, whether they were sung on the steps or on the way up to Mount Zion, or both, we don't know for sure, but we do know for sure that they emphasize the blessings that the Lord gives his people as they worship together. Now, as God's people song, uh, sung this psalm, they rejoiced in the unity that was theirs of physical and a spiritual blessing, just as David wrote in verse 2. He said, The unity that we share is a good and pleasant blessing, like the oil that was poured upon the head that ran down the beard and onto the collar of Aaron's robes. And for people like you and me who work in garages and kitchens, we are saying to each other, Gross. We, we don't like oil on our heads and on our clothes. That's why we have showers and washing machines. But this was not something that needed to be washed away, the oil that David's writing about. No, this was a cause for celebration. It was a means by which God had blessed His people. It was a part of the covenant He made to those Israelites long ago, where God said, this oil is to be used to consecrate the priests. And by this, I promise they will be fit for service for me. And through their service, through their sacrifices, God's people, the Israelites, would be fit to, to be at peace with the Lord. It was all part of the promises and the covenants by which God built peace between his people and himself. And it was cause for great rejoicing. Spiritual unity all united together knowing that they were at peace with God and that is a wonderful blessing that you and I and your brothers and your sisters in faith also enjoy today. God has built peace between Himself and you through the sacrifice, death, and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. You and the people sitting next to you this is the truth for all of us. And because of the peace we have with God, we have peace with each other. A tremendous spiritual blessing. But that's not all. It's a physical blessing as well. The next verse, it's like the dew of Mount Hermon were falling down on Mount Zion. And in order for us to understand what's being said there, we need to understand a little Middle Eastern geography. Mount Zion is in the southern part of Israel. It sits about 2,500 feet above sea level, and at that elevation and where it's positioned, it's dependent upon rainfall for survival. In seasons of drought, the Israelites living there would feel the heat of the sun and the pains in their bellies as food and life around them dried up. But Mount Hermon... Mount Hermon was like a ski lodge. In the northern part of Israel, 
10,000 feet above sea level, snow-capped, cool temperatures year-round, and the dew that fell from Mount Zion and the melting snow sustained life and kept things comfortable all year round. And David says, here, here on Mount Zion, as we gather for worship, as we worship one Lord and are united in our faith, it's as though that dew from Mount Hermon were falling on us, keeping us comfortable and supplying for our needs. Physical blessings abound. Blessings of friendship, Blessings of a helping hand when you need it. People who rejoice with you when you rejoice and mourn with you when you're mourning. As brothers and sisters in Christ, supporting and loving each other in this life and the next, the Lord has blessed us with unity now and forevermore. Rejoice in this blessing, brothers and sisters. The Apostle Paul knew how special, how wonderful, how important this blessing is when he wrote in the fourth chapter of his letter to the Ephesians, let us make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. How do we do that? How do we treasure and make an effort to keep the unity that God has blessed us with? As far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another, brothers and sisters. Don't use the harsh words. Let the grudges, let the grudges go. Live at peace with one another. How good and how pleasant it is as God's people live together in peace. It's possible because we all have the same Lord who died to forgive all of our sins. We all live with the promise of forgiveness of sins and life forevermore in our hearts because we are at peace with God. Let us be at peace with each other. Bonded by Jesus, you are a family. God will bless you with unity. Rejoice in that wonderful blessing. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.